my friends. Welcome back to Life in the Brie. This is Amy Embody talking again today about risk in children's play. Last time we talked about our propensity, at least for some of us, to really desire a much more controlled and clean and tidy environment and experience for our children. But there is quite a lot of evidence that the messier, less tidy, even riskier seeming play for children has very strong benefits. You might say that, uh, as the scripture told us, where no oxen are, the manger is clean, but great increase comes from the strength of the ox. We explored that last time. Today I want to share a little bit from a book called Let the Children Play, How More Play Will Save Our Schools and Help Children Thrive. This is by Posse Salberg and William Doyle, published by Oxford University Press. And I'm going to be reading from the chapter that is titled The Learning Power of play. Just an excerpt. In 2015, a team of 20 Canadian public health researchers published the results of a major analysis of the benefits to children of outdoor play. In their words, their findings included the following. Access to active play in nature and outdoors with its risks is essential for healthy child development. We recommend increasing children's opportunities for self-directed play outdoors in all settings. At home, at school, in childcare, the community, and nature. I want to stop there for just a moment and highlight a few of those phrases. Active play. With its risks... Their recommendations include the phrase self-directed play outdoors in all settings. Let's contrast that with very valuable but completely different adult-directed play. This is sports where there's a coach. This is teacher-directed outdoor activities. All of these are valuable. In fact, we feature these in our own programs in Boots and Roots, in Terebinth, at the Scent of Water Learning Community. But these are not the same thing as self-directed play outdoors in all settings. And this team of public health researchers are linking these benefits specifically to self-directed play. Let me continue what they have written. When children are outside, they move more, sit less, and play longer. Behaviors associated with improved cholesterol levels, blood pressure, body composition, bone density, cardiorespiratory and musculoskeletal fitness, and aspects of mental, social, and environmental health. Notice that, that piece of sitting less, a challenge that we face as teachers and as parents when we begin to experiment a little bit with 
giving our children much more outdoor education is the tendency just to move them outside and have them continue sitting. That's fine. It's better than sitting indoors. But what we want to promote is their ability to move more, sit less, and play longer. Let me continue their findings. Outdoor play is safer than you think. Risk is often interpreted as a bad thing, yet exposure to risk has been shown to be essential for healthy child development. They go on. Broken bones and injuries unfortunately do happen, but major trauma is uncommon. Most injuries associated with outdoor play are minor. There are consequences to keeping children indoors. Is it really safer? When children spend more time in front of screens, they are more likely to be exposed to cyber predators and violence and to eat unhealthy snacks. Air quality indoors is often worse than outdoors, increasing exposure to common allergens, dust, mold, pet dander, and infectious diseases and potentially leading to chronic conditions. And of course, note that this book was written and published, let's see, in 2019, before the COVID pandemic. How much more important now is it for us to make sure our children are outdoors breathing fresh air? They continue, in the long term, sedentary behavior and inactivity elevate the odds of developing chronic diseases, including heart disease, type 2 diabetes, some forms of cancer, and mental health problems. Pay attention to this next one, folks. Hyperparenting limits physical activity and can harm mental health. When children are too closely supervised outside, they are less active. I put in the word too. I realize I just stuck that in there because, of course, when we are outdoors with children, we do need to supervise them. And especially we have to be responsible when we have other people's children. So grandparents and teachers and camp counselors and um, youth program directors, we do have to supervise them, of course. But it is that hypervigilance, that hyper supervision that has become um, our cultural tendency here, at least in the United States, that is oppressive and inhibitory to children. They are less active. Let me continue on. Children are more curious about and interested in natural spaces than in prefabricated play structures. Children who engage in active outdoor play in natural environments demonstrate resilience and self-regulation and develop skills for dealing with stress later in life. Outdoor play that occurs in minimally structured, free and accessible environments facilitates socialization with peers, the community and the environment, and reduces feelings of isolation. It builds interpersonal skills and facilitates healthy development. 
Next time, we're going to talk about how outdoor time actually boosts your child's executive skills. Think about that self-regulation, the ability to focus, to put off the things that they might impulsively do until a little bit later, the ability to choose what they should, how they should respond to different factors they are facing. So at any rate, think today with us about this kind of play that is self-directed 